0: You're listening to the Bonfire Podcast, fanning the flames of the gospel to the ends of the world. Come on, let's dive into the word. Well, welcome to the Bonfire Podcast, everyone. We are glad you're joining us for another episode. If this is your first time listening, we'd encourage you to come in and stay a while. Uh, you're listening to what we consider to be the best uh, Bible study, Bible conversation podcast that you can find. Uh, so we just encourage you to stay here, listen, and if you enjoy what you're hearing and like it, uh, we'd encourage you to download and subscribe and become one of our routine subscribers. If When you do that, you'll be able to get our episodes every week when we d- download those, release those on Sunday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then you can take them with you on your mobile device, uh, listen to them in the car, listen to them while you're working out, maybe uh, while you're doing your yard work. It uh, just gives you an opportunity there to uh, to listen wherever you may go. For those of you who have been following us for quite some time, we always want to say thank you and, and just show our appreciation to you for your support. And and uh, and just want to say uh, thanks for, for sticking with us uh, for as long as you have. And uh, I also want to remind you, we do have a Facebook page. Uh, I encourage you to go over there and like and follow, uh, give you an opportunity to maybe share some of these episodes with friends and family on uh, your Facebook page. And then lastly, again, as we always do, we want to encourage you to spread the word um, about the Bonefire Podcast. Please be telling someone this week about our ministry. Uh, maybe maybe a family member, a friend, or a coworker at work uh, that you can tell and uh we we think the the ideal way to present this to someone is to say, "Hey, I'd like to study the Bible with you." And uh and use the the podcast to kind of lead your discussion. And so, mm-hmm. uh you know, the way I can see this working out is maybe you want to meet with a couple of your friends for breakfast one morning and you listen to the podcast and then um you, you sit down and you kind of talk about it and go through, mm-hmm. you know, what did what did this uh, mean to you? What did you read? What did you study on this topic? Um and so it's just a great time to to use are uh, a great way to use uh, your time to study God's Word in a, in a little bit different manner, using the podcast here to help drive that conversation. So, well, with that, Dad, uh, on our last episode, we kicked off our new series entitled By Faith. And so we're going to be continuing uh, today in our study uh, through Faith's Hall of Fame found in Hebrews chapter 11. On the last episode, we, we looked at how the writer of Hebrews described faith, and we learned the essential biblical truth that without faith— It is impossible to please God. And we also took uh, a look at the first testimony from the Hall of Faith, and that was of Abel. As we looked at the short account of Abel's life, we saw that Abel worshiped God through the appropriate sacrifice. He not only gave the the appropriate sacrifice in the right manner, but as we talked about last time, uh, he had the right heart, and he approached worship uh, in the correct manner And ultimately, because of that, uh, his efforts pleased God, and he was accounted uh, for righteousness. And so on this episode, we're going to continue looking at the next member of the Hall of uh, Faith, and uh, that's going to be Enoch. Now, Enoch is an interesting Bible character. We don't know a whole lot about him, but what we do know is Enoch is the seventh from Adam, Mm -hmm. and he is the great-grandfather of Noah. I think most people have heard of Noah. Mm -hmm. Maybe you've not heard of Enoch, but Enoch's got an extraordinary story that we'd like to look at. He lived a relatively short life, Mm -hmm. 365 years. That's right. That's hard to believe that you would say that's a short life. But uh, at the time, uh, many of the people around uh, Enoch were living 600, 800, 900 years long. And so he was relatively short in his life, 365 years. Now, as I said, the Bible doesn't contain a whole lot about Enoch. We only have a handful of verses uh, that speak to Enoch's life. And so we just don't have this lengthy account like we have of, of some um, of our, our people that we'll find in the in the Hall of Faith. However, in the few verses that we do have, it's evident that Enoch was a great man of God. I that's think right. that's easy to say, even, even from just these handful of verses that we have. Um, today, we're going to look at our, our main scripture text uh, and, and see what it has to say about Enoch. Let's read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. If you've got your Bible, I encourage you to open with us and turn there. Again, Hebrews 11. Uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5 here, it says, By faith, again, there's our our key uh, words that we like to use for the title of our our series here. So, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. Before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. God, in these verses, we see that Enoch did not see death because the Bible tells us that God took him, and that Enoch's testimony was that he was a man that lived a life that pleased God. Now, Dad, I just thinking about that that statement there. Uh, that's that verse. Um, Enoch must have lived an un unreal life to have this written about him here in the Hall of Faith. That one, he didn't die, and that he his life. Uh, brought pleasure and pleased God. And so to get a a better view of of kind of who Enoch is, I think we need to jump back to uh, Genesis. And let's look over at uh, Genesis, and we're going to be in Genesis chapter 5. We'll see uh, where Enoch uh, comes to play here in Scripture. Dad, if you got that, uh, read verses 21 through 25
1: for us. All right. Verse 21, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch, walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Methuselah lived 187 years and begot Lamech. Okay, so in this verse we see
0: here that by faith Enoch walked with God, and he walked with God in this life, and he walked with God all the way into Uh, the next life. And so I want us to look today and and look at a a greater detail at Enoch's life. And as we do that, um, I think there's three things that we need to consider about this man uh, called Enoch and uh, and what we can learn from him. And as we look at these things, I want you to be uh, thinking about how your walk uh, would be compared to that of Enoch. Can the same things be said of you? And so Mm -hmm. when I look at Enoch's life, Dad, I saw that he had a devotion to God, And he made a uh, declaration to the ungodly, and he ultimately had a distinguished departure. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about uh, the first uh, point there that Enoch was devoted to God, um, it's evident to see here that Enoch lived a life of devotion. The Bible said that Enoch walked with God. Now, what does it mean to walk with God? As I, I looked at that word, Dad, I I saw that the way this is used in the in the original text is kind of in a figurative sense, and it's talking about the manner of life, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean uh, walking like you and I would walk uh, next to each other from point A to point B, but it's referring to the way that he lived his life right? and, uh, and the manner of which he conducted his life. And so Enoch's manner of life was godly.
1: Yes, you talked about uh, Enoch walking with God. Uh, The thing that stands out to me in the scriptures over in Genesis, Matt, is that the Bible tells this, that Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. And after that, the Bible says that he walked with God for 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Now, from this, we can assume that the first 65 years of his life leading up to his son's Methuselah's birth, that he probably didn't walk with God. Now, walking with God is something other than that is a great privilege. There's no greater privilege than to walk with God. And if you want to walk with God, let me tell you what you've got to do. Number one, you must establish a relationship with him. Now, today we come to know God through his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, and to walk with God. You have to surrender your life to the control of the Lord Jesus, except what Jesus did on the cross as payment for your sin, how he died for you so that you would not have to pay the penalty of sin and trust in his resurrection. The one that can take you to heaven after you die, that he's alive today to have a relationship with you. So if you're going to walk with God, like Enoch walked with God, uh, beginning at the 65-year mark in his life when his son was born, then, number one, you've got to establish a relationship with with God, and we do that through Christ. And then, second, you've got to spend time with God, and that's how you build a relationship with Him. Now, Enoch walked with God, and we can too. Now, Enoch also pleased God, and we're going to talk about that in just a little bit, about how he pleased God. Now, going back to walking with God uh. Enoch is not said to have run with God, but to have walked with God. Now, today in our in our expressions, we talk about uh, two guys running around with each other, you know, hanging around one another. Well, when you run, it's hard to communicate with all that huffing and puffing. But when you walk, you can talk to one another. You know, there's a hymn that we sing in the church, and I love the old hymns. And this hymn was written by Austin Miles in 1912 entitled In the Garden. I've sung this before at funeral services, uh, but it's it's far more appropriate than just for funeral services. I like the chorus. It says, And He, meaning God, and He walks with me, and He talks with me, and He tells me that I am His own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. I love that song it's about walking with god enoch undoubtedly offered a blood sacrifice just like abel did when he was 65 years of age he approached god of the way he was supposed to approach god and god accepted that and he began to walk with god now let's let's define this a little bit more clearly what does it mean that enoch walked with god well When you walk with someone, it implies relationship. So Enoch had a relationship with God. The same God that walked with Adam and Eve in the garden walked with Enoch, and he wants to walk with us. And, you know, it's important to know, uh, all you guys out there in podcast land, that religion is—Christianity is more than a religion. It's a relationship. Mm -hmm. It's a personal relationship. Now, there was something, obviously, that happened in Enoch's life around the birth of his son— when Enoch was about 65 years of age, that caused him to turn to God. Now, we don't know what. We don't have his testimony. Maybe it was a conversation with Adam because Adam was still alive when uh, Enoch's son Methuselah was born because Adam was one of those that lived a long time, 930 years. Now, a lot of people are going to say, listen, I'm going to turn you off right now. Nobody can live 930 years. Hey, let me tell you something. Back during that time, the earth was not uh, the way it is today. Uh, because there was a water canopy or a cloud cover that uh, circled the earth and it kept those harmful ultraviolet rays from coming down upon man. Man lived a long time. And so here Adam lived, to be 930 years. He was alive when Methuselah was born. Wouldn't it be a, a great to be alive to see your great, 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 great grandson? Mm. Well, maybe Adam told Enoch about what happened in the Garden of Eden, and he heard firsthand of the consequences of sin and how to approach God. In Genesis 4:26, the Scripture tells us that it was the habit of at least some men in the time of Enoch to call on the name of the Lord. So Enoch's faith pleased God, and his faith was seen and that he chose to do the will of God and you know, uh, he lived in a wicked world. Yeah,
0: that's exactly right. He,
1: he Tell should... us about that. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll talk about the wicked world. But before we get there, Dad, I wanted to, to talk about the fact that um in Hebrews eleven verse six, which we covered that last week, it says, "But without faith, it's impossible to please Him, for he who comes uh, to God must believe that He is." And that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so, you know, I don't think it's any mistake that uh, verse 6 is coupled right there, right behind verse yeah. 5, because I mm-hmm. think it's relating, obviously it relates to everyone that's here in the Hall of Faith, um, because they're all quoted for having a great faith. But this being right here with Enoch, I really feel like it it really speaks to him as well mm-hmm. and his walk. And the fact that, as you said, he didn't have just uh, religion. He didn't just have a head knowledge of, of who God was. He believed uh, in God, uh, and then he diligently uh, seeked after him. And uh, I think that's an important thing to note there from verse 6 is that, that um, he diligently seeked after him. And, you, you know, Dad, as I, I look at my life and, and my walk with Christ, um, it's changed, um, and it's changed in the in the great way here recently in the recent years. Um, I had a relationship with Christ, and I had knowledge of Christ, I had belief in Christ. Um, But I really wasn't seeking after Christ until probably about three to four years ago, and I made this commitment that, you know what, I was putting other things before God, and I had my priorities wrong, and I finally had to have that kind of uh, moment where I release everything and fully surrender everything and say, God, I've been doing this wrong and put him back to where he was supposed to be, and then made it my effort uh, in life is to seek exactly what he wants, Mm -hmm. uh, to seek exactly what his word says, and uh, it'll change your life when you do that. It changes your perspective, it changes your attitude, your emotion, everything about the way that you look around the world, around you shifts when you begin to seek after God, and you seek after the things of God and what God's will is for your life. Mm -hmm. And what's amazing is... Uh, Enoch did that, and you know, Enoch didn't really have uh, necessarily great examples uh, uh, going before him, right? We had obviously Adam and Eve, they had the fall, and uh, we have uh, an example here of Abel being in the hall of faith, but it doesn't really say that he had these great spiritual leaders uh, that were before him that were able to to set this example of seeking after God, but Enoch figured it out. Mm-hmm. And he, he said, you know what? I believe in God. I'm going to follow what God says. I'm going to worship the way that I'm supposed to and sacrifice the way I'm supposed to, as you said. And then I'm just going to live a life uh, continually working uh, to, to walk with God in a relationship with him. And I, I think that's amazing that he did that. And we're talking about this is the seventh from Adam. This is uh, right there at the beginning of the world. And he's figured out uh, what it means to have a, a true relationship with God.
1: That's exactly right exactly
0: right you know dad the other thing that you mentioned there is uh, talking about uh just the wickedness of the world uh, that uh, Enoch lived in and i think that's as an important thing to note there is in his walk um Enoch didn't compromise mm-hmm. and uh and we can go back to genesis and look at uh genesis chapter 6 verse 5 i'll flip over there and and, and we can read that together Um, It says, then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thought of his heart was only on evil continually. And so uh, he's speaking of of the day of Noah. Now, remember, uh, Enoch is uh, the great grandfather of Noah, uh, but obviously society was going downhill uh, when Enoch was was around. And ultimately, we see that there was just this wickedness and evilness uh, that was abound. But even in the midst of all of that going around, we see that Enoch didn't compromise. Mm-hmm. He didn't change his belief in God. He didn't uh, compromise what he stood for. He continued to walk with God. And he I can see Enoch saying, you know, I don't care what the world's doing, Uh, I'm going to follow after the things of God, and I'm going to do what God wants for me and my life. And ultimately, he was rewarded for it and and had that walk with with God.
1: You know, you you mentioned that he did not compromise in the evil age in which he lived. Now, folks, you know we live in an evil age now. But as I was sitting here at the table, you know, talking with Matt before we began this podcast, it just kind of dawned on me, as evil as we feel like. Uh, of age we live in. Our age is not near as evil as it was, uh, just prior to the flood, uh, because, uh, man was so evil that God decided he was going to destroy everyone but eight people, one family. And of course, uh, you know, I got a, I got a, a church full of people, uh, many of them which really love God and serve God. There are God's people down here on this earth and quite a few of them still yet. But compared to the whole, this is a, our age is a evil time very evil time but what i am seeing uh among uh, men and women uh, that you know just a few years ago uh stood on biblical principles that uh today We see them, you and I talk about this Mm -hmm. all the time, Matt, Uh, we see them dropping one by one by one, uh, you know, just giving in to the pressures of the world and accepting things that uh, they did not accept and that the Bible speaks out against. And they did this just a few years ago, but uh, the pressure from uh, from evil people is causing a lot of people to uh, to to give in. That's exactly right. Uh, You know, the.
0: The list includes uh, prominent preachers. The list includes Christian music artists. The list includes even just some run-of-the-mill people that we know that are believers. Mm -hmm. And we're watching as people compromise on doctrine because of the pressures of what's going on around them. And um, it's everything from uh, the, the key right now seems to be homosexuality. Um, you know, obviously the Bible speaks strongly against homosexuality and it's a, it's a sin, it's an abomination to God. But we're watching just one by one as uh, because there's such pressure in our society around this topic that people are compromising. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that I see that people are, are, are compromising on um, it is just the the um, inerrant, infallible word of God saying that mm-hmm. this is the truth and it, uh, the whole truth. Of God's word. And we're having people now that are just saying, well, most of it's true. Uh, You know, maybe not these pages or not these verses or maybe those aren't really appropriate for our time. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And that's just terrible that we're seeing that happen and we're seeing this compromise. And it's really coming because of that pressure from the outside. And I Enoch lived in that same environment mm-hmm. of there was this great pressure. It says that every evil thought was on man, like their entire heart was bent against doing evil things. So no doubtably, there was a huge pressure on, on Enoch, uh, to to compromise, but he didn't. He did cave. We the call cave, it. yeah, that's right, the cave. Um, I, I saw here a note I wrote down when I was thinking about this, Dad. I said Enoch did not. Uh, give in to the pressure of his culture, or try to live a politically correct life. Right. You know that term wasn't wasn't used probably uh, in the seventh from Adam time, right? Mm-hmm. Politically correct. Uh, but but the, the the message is still the same. There, he didn't try to uh, bend his beliefs and his convictions to fit the narrative of what society said uh, he should be doing. He stood firm in his beliefs, uh, and he walked with God, and he was devoted to God. And he didn't compromise. And, I, you know, right now, I just think that all of everyone listening, we need to think about our beliefs and we need to think about uh, the doctrinal truths that we hold uh, uh, near to us. And, and are we willing to compromise? I hope that you're not. Um, mm-hmm. I hope that you're willing to say that these are true things. These are important things and that doctrine matters. And I want to hold on to it and I'm going to stand firm on it and I'm not going to listen to someone who is talking uh you know crazy about some of these uh, doctrines that we hold to be uh certain and so just I want you to keep that in mind dad but I, I do I do just find that interesting that we mm-hmm. see him in the midst of just a, 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 an evil culture the other thing that I that I saw as I was studying about this dad is I saw someone write to think about think about the the fact that when Enoch lived the gift of the holy spirit was not there mm mm-hmm. So, Enoch was living uh, by faith and walking a life of God without the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to help him. Right. And then the person who was writing this basically put the question so, what's our excuse? Right. Right. We have the advantage that we have the helper, we have the Holy Spirit who comes and lives among us and lives in us as believers and helps us to have victory over uh, sin and and evilness and wickedness. And there was Enoch, and he didn't have that. Uh, All he had was his faith and his walk with God, and he was able to withstand uh, all the pressures from outside him, and he didn't cave, he didn't compromise. And man, that should encourage us that we can do it, Uh, that there's no reason for us to cave and compromise because We've got an even better surrounding uh, with us with the gift of the Holy Spirit working in and, is, and through us.
1: That's right. The Holy Spirit indwells us. Now, the Holy Spirit was uh, operating during Enoch's time. And, you know, just like uh, with King David's time, he was a man after God's own heart. That's right. But uh, but it was a different. It was different. Uh, I want to point out another thing to you uh, folks out there in the podcast audience. Uh, Hebrews eleven six. 6. Now, let's go back. I want to read the whole verse again. But without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. Now, here's the part I want to point out, and that he, meaning God, is rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, uh, think about it. Enoch, he sought God for 300 years. And how did God reward or bless Enoch? Well, number one, God blessed Enoch with revelations about the future. I want you to note that he started to walk with God at the time that his son Methuselah was born. Now, it's interesting that the name Methuselah means when he is dead, it shall come. Now, that is a reference we know looking back at what has taken place Um, right after Methuselah died. That is a reference to God's judgment, which came by the way of a flood. In other words, when Methuselah is dead, the flood will come. Now, God revealed to Enoch that judgment on sinful man was coming. Now, Methuselah, he lived 967 years. And so God revealed it to Enoch that he was going to judge the world 967 years before that judgment came. Now, Enoch might not have known that it was going to come in the form of a flood or that Noah would build an ark. I mean, thinking of 969 years, let's think about that great number of years too. One might wonder, Uh, why God's judgment was so long. Why did He wait so long after He revealed to Enoch that it was coming to the earth? Well, the length of time from when God revealed judgment was coming to Enoch and when it actually came reveals the long-suffering mercy and kindness of God, giving men time to repent. In addition to this revelation concerning the judgment that was to come when Methuselah died, God revealed to Enoch the second coming of Christ— And that is a prophecy yet to be fulfilled. Now, I'm going to say something more about this. But, Matt, could you look up for us uh, Jude verses 14 and 15 and read that?
0: Yeah, I got it right here. So Jude uh, verse 14 and 15. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment on all to convict all who were ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him.
1: All right. Now, when Enoch originally gave this message, uh, that is recorded in Jude fourteen and fifteen, uh, it had to refer more more than likely. We know it refers to the second coming of Christ. But uh, and, and that's an application, you know, that's going to be made in the future. But more than likely, he was probably just speaking about God's judgment when Methuselah Uh, would die. He didn't know it was going to be a flood. But, you know, like with all prophecies, there's usually more than one application. And so we see that whether he understood it or not, when he gave this prophecy, uh, he was also talking about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, the visible return of Christ to judge the wicked that's told about in Revelation chapter 19. Now, Enoch's message was You better get right with God. Now, I'm going to leave that to the declaration that you're going to talk about in just a moment. So we know that one of the rewards for him pleasing God was the special revelation that God gave to him uh, concerning the judgment that was to come when Methuselah died. And God reveals things to his friends. You know, that he doesn't reveal to other people. Mm-hmm. And and this is a special revelation. And another reward would be the fact that we're going to talk about in a moment that he didn't die.
0: That's exactly right. So we looked at the fact that Enoch was devoted to God. He walked with God. And uh in doing so he seeked him diligently and he was rewarded for it, Dad, as you you just outlined there. And so we see next that Enoch had a declaration to the ungodly. And we read uh, Jude chapter, uh, well Jude fourteen through uh, fifteen, and you may remember we just covered that verse not too long ago in our Contending for the Faith podcast series, and we talked about this particular section. And wh- what I find amazing here, Dad, is is this is again the seventh from Adam, uh, so we're talking about within uh, you know a thousand years of the creation of of the world, and here is a man in Enoch. Who is walking so closely to God, and as you said, uh, becoming a friend of God, uh, that God reveals to him things far in the future about coming judgment. And in this section of scripture, fourteen and fifteen, I believe truly does refer to the the second coming of Christ, because it says the Lord comes with ten thousand men to execute judgment. And so, um, you know, I believe that's again referring to those last days. Uh, that, that are going to going become, it's just amazing that that was revealed uh, so far in advance. And I, I think it just speaks to the sev- sovereignty of God and that God has a plan. He's had a plan from the beginning of how uh, this was going to go, and that should give us confidence. But the other thing that I think about when I look at that declaration, Dad, and, and you kind of already talked about it, with the fact that he named uh, his son and he knew the meaning of the name of his son, obviously uh, Enoch was out declaring and making uh, declarations and speaking and preaching against the wickedness of his world all the time. We don't have exact biblical text to say that, but we can draw that from the context of verse 14 and 15 of Jude and also the name of his son. Obviously, he was out there beating the war drum of, hey, this this is wickedness. This is We need to be do away with this. We need to be mm-hmm. uh, do away with it. It's wrong. It's wrong. And think about this. Ultimately, through Enoch's lineage, we get Noah. And it says Noah, when we get to his time, his family was the only people that was still serving God. Mm-hmm. And so that legacy transferred all the way down to, to Noah at that time.
1: Hey, you might be a, a pastor out there that preaches every Sunday to your congregation. You might be a little bit uh, concerned and, and downhearted because uh, you just don't see a lot of people that's got the enthusiasm to love God like you've got and are are being reached. Well listen, how would you like to be Enoch that uh that proclaimed judgment and, and called people to turn from God and it went on down to his grandson and it and it only happened to be that only his family and a portion of his family, Noah's family, were considered righteous enough to be spared from the judgment of God. I tell you what, I just consider myself blessed. If no one else had turned to God, I want my family to turn to God. That's it,
0: right? That's exactly right. And I think that uh, underlying message here, that maybe not the main point, but it is something worth noting, is is the importance of legacy. You know, many times we use that term, a uh, legacy, and we uh, associate it to like financial means. You know, and leaving an inheritance uh for uh our family members our children grandchildren etc uh but you know what that that's all fine great and good and I don't want to uh discourage anyone from uh making financial plans for the future but what's so much more important is the legacy of faith that you leave uh and and Enoch left a legacy of faith so much so that obviously Enoch, uh, his great grandson Noah and and uh, the members of his his family were still worshiping God but we're able to now still learn from Enoch's legacy. We're reading in Hebrews chapter 11. Mm-hmm. It was noted there that Hebrews was written thousands of years after uh, Enoch's life. Right. And uh, it's he's writing about it. And then here, we're 2,000 years post uh, Bible time, and we're still reading about Enoch and learning from his life. He left a legacy. And so I would encourage all of you out there to think about that legacy that you're leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, and is your walk, the current walk that you have with God, is it leaving a legacy that's going to make an impact to future generations in your family and even beyond
1: you know um, that is so true matt i want to point out another thing we you you brought up about uh his declaration to the ungodly enoch told uh, the ungodly that one day god's going to convict you mm. uh, the lord has a record of all the ungodly deeds of the ungodly yep so uh i mean it's not just going to be charges and it's that's going to be brought that could be disproven it's going to be charges that's going to be proven one day and uh sinners that reject god and reject jesus they're going to be convicted because the evidence is going to bear it out
0: yeah that's that's exactly right. And so we see Enoch's declaration to the ungodly. He preached to them. He he warned them of that coming judgment uh and that that they were going to be convicted uh for their wrongdoings. Uh, remember in in Jude uh we talked about the the mentality of the false teachers was that oh God's not coming back. He's not going to judge ungodly and and obviously we have the words of Enoch hundreds of years before prophesying that there was judgment that was going to fall, mm-hmm. and there's judgment that's going to fall. We know that there's coming those last days where every uh, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and ultimately there's going to be a judgment that's handed out um, to those who uh, did their wickedness uh, while here on this earth. And so we see Enoch's declaration of ungodly, uh, the last thing that we want to look at in terms of Enoch's life is Enoch's distinguished departure. Now, when we look at Genesis chapter five verse twenty-four, it talks about that uh, Enoch walked with God, and then he kept on walking with God, and he God took him away. Right. And uh, we don't know exactly how God took him away. Uh, we know that there is one other example of this happening in Scripture that we have, you know, documented in Scripture, and that's over in Second Kings uh, chapter two verse eleven. I want to read that for you. It says. Then it happened, as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up with a whirlwind into heaven." And so this is the second account here that we have of someone being uh, taken by God, and that's the prophet Elijah, and he went out in a chariot of fire. Now, we don't know. Enoch may have went out in a chariot of fire, um, or he may have been just taken up uh, like uh, we're going to be taken up one day in the rapture, Dad. I think you got something on that as well.
1: That's right. Some see in this translation of Enoch a picture of the rapture of the church. Uh, when Jesus returns, told about in First Thessalonians chapter four, verses sixteen through eighteen. So, those of you that's out in the podcast land, that'd be a good place for you to read after this is over and to have a little group discussion. First Thessalonians four sixteen through eighteen. Hey, Jesus is coming back, and He's going to come back to gather up His children and take His children home before the judgment of God comes down upon sinners. Uh, during the seven years of the tribulation. And, of course, we've talked about this. You and I did a whole study on uh, the End Times, about ten podcasts. But think about it this way. You know, before we declared war upon Japan back in the 40s, we called our ambassador home. Mm -hmm. And we that are Christians are ambassadors for Christ. Our home is in heaven. And uh, uh, God's going to get us off of this earth. Uh, before he sends his judgment now we know that god's going to do this some people don't believe this let me tell you something uh biden is getting a lot of flack because he didn't get everybody out of afghanistan before the taliban took over Mm -hmm. but our god is not like our president he is going to get everybody that follows him and serves him off this planet before he sends his judgment down and so isn't it interesting that here we've got enoch that he is translated he goes on with god uh, to heaven uh he goes on to be with god we'll say Uh, Before the judgment, the flood comes, I I think God has given us eyes to see and see things in the Old Testament that helps us to understand what he's going to do, because God is the same today, yesterday, and forever.
0: That's exactly right. So just think about how I call this the distinguished uh, departure. Uh, There's only two people in the Bible that this is ever said to have happened to. Um, apart from obviously what's going to happen in the future at the raptures we just talked about. And and so that is a distinguished uh, departure, that there's only been two uh, like that. And so I think about the life that Enoch must have lived, uh, walking with God and how close he was to God, that God uh, didn't even let him see death, that he just said, come on home with me. And uh, they just kept on walking and walked out of uh, this life and into the next. That's an amazing picture there of, of, of just a, a Christian life, walking with God, and being devoted to God 100%.
1: You know, um, I read where one person pointed out that, you know, it's uh, not all that important, uh, you know, when God took him so much. What was most important, you might say, is, you know, where God took him. And uh, the question is today, for those of you that are listening, where are you going to go one day, whether you die you know, before Jesus comes back, where are you going to spend eternity? Or if Jesus comes back and you're still living, are you going to be left here? Or are you going with him? That's a question you need to think hard about. That's
0: exactly right, Dad. Well, Dad, as as I was uh, thinking here, as we kind of get ready to wrap up, thinking about walking with God, and I just encourage um, all of our listeners to, again, assess your walk. And uh, if you measured up your walk to that of the standard of Enoch, where would you stand and, uh, you know, I think speaking for myself, I've got some work that I need to do to, to be able to live up to this type of walk. Uh, but I hope that I can uh, ultimately live my life. And then if someone were to write about me um, at the end of my life, would be able to say that, man, you know, Matt walked with God. Right. Uh, that would be the no- most notable thing that i want someone to be able to say about my life, just as they did uh, for Enoch. Uh, for those of you who are listening, Um, Again, what does your walk look like? Are you walking with God at all? And, Dad, you made the good point there that, um, you know, that we have probably some people listening that they don't have a walk with God. They've never Mm -hmm. uh, put their faith and their trust in Jesus Christ, as we talked about earlier, which is the first step in making that walk with Christ. And so we would encourage you, if you're not walking with God now's the best time that you can start walking with God. And again, all you have to do is just uh, put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior and uh, turn away from your, your sin and ask for forgiveness. And uh, you will be uh, granted uh, into the family of of, of of God. And then you'll be brothers and sisters with uh, with us, and we'll be glad mm-hmm. to call you that. And then you can live the rest of your days walking with God.
1: Uh, As we near our close of our podcast, Matt, I want to uh, tell the podcast audience a little story. Now, this is a made-up story, but I I think it's real cute, and and I think it has a real lesson to it. There was a little girl who came home from Sunday school one day, and her mother asked her what she had learned about in Sunday school, and the little girl said, well, we talked about Enoch. Oh, you did? The mother asked. Well, what did you learn about Enoch? Well, apparently, the little girl began, Enoch was a man who used to walk with God. God would come by Enoch's house every morning and say to him, Enoch, would you like to go for a walk with me today? And Enoch would would go with him. Well, I guess this went on and on for a really long time, and every day they would walk a little farther. One day they walked so far, and it got so late in the day that God told Enoch, Enoch, we really walked a long way today and it's getting really late. We're a lot closer to my house than we are yours. Why don't you come home with me? So Enoch went home with God to his house. <laughs> That's
0: a perfect, uh, perfect story. Great way to end the podcast today. And so again, just encourage all of you to consider your walk. Uh, if you're not walking with God, we'd encourage you to start walking with God. Uh, those of you who are Uh, Maybe uh, pick up your walk routine. Maybe uh, you've been a little sluggish in your walk or you haven't been walking every day. Uh, Make it a a mission uh, to walk every day with Christ, to seek him diligently, not just put your faith and trust in him, but also seek him in the things of God. And when you do that, that's going to be the best walk you've ever had. That's right. Dad, pray us out of here.
1: Sure. Our Heavenly Father, we want to let you know, Lord, we love you. and We're glad you love us. And Father in heaven, thank you for the godly example of enoch who maintained a close relationship with you and lord we 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 think it came about in his life when a child was born when a son was born i know lord there might be some people in our podcast audience that uh they're expecting a child and lord they're 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 uh you know under the weight of that responsibility that's going to be theirs when this child comes into the world or maybe they they have children that's very small and they feel the weight of that responsibility of having a child to raise and to guide in this ungodly world uh, father these parents they need jesus just like everybody does lord i pray that with those little ones in the home that uh, you just bring to their mind how important it is for them to to set the example of of walking with you, O oh God, and serving you and loving you that they might do the same thing when they get older. So God, I pray that there will be moms and dads that will make a decision uh, to repent of their sin, to draw close to Christ, and to start walking and having a daily relationship with you, O God. And Father, for those that's not married, for those that's children's far grown, help them to realize, God, that there's nothing more important than a relationship with you a close relationship with you. And I pray, God, that they will seek you with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank
0: you for listening to this episode of the Bonfire Podcast. We encourage you to subscribe wherever you stream your podcast content. Also, be sure to rate us on iTunes and Facebook so that others will know about the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to see us address on an episode, feel free to email us at bonefireministries at gmail.com.